Hello, everyone. It's time for the Geary, Stein, and Stevens Show. The show that covers everything from sports to politics to news to entertainment and everything in between. And now your hosts, Troy Geary, Will Stein, and Dave Stevens. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's me. It's great to see you, to be seen, to be heard, and of course to be back uh, for what we do on the Gary Stein and Stevens Show. I am Dave Stevens, of course, your host with the most or the least, because you know I don't have legs and I'm sitting on my butt here from the home offices here in Bristol, Connecticut. But uh, I got to bring in my co-host, Troy Geary, who's in Duluth, Minnesota, where it's not so bad there this summer anymore, is it, Troy? Yeah, now we got the mosquitoes coming out, so that's the fun part of summer. And, uh, you know, as we continue to showcase some amazing stories and some amazing uh, perseverance and the things that we do, before I bring our guest in, who's an amazing friend, uh, philanthropist, former NFL player, let him tell his story, and it's an amazing one. My story is like so many other stories that that there is a personal connection, and that personal connection was my my wife, Keisha Rutledge Draft, who was diagnosed with lung cancer in December of 2010. Out of nowhere, had a little shortness of breath, and went right in, and um, the primary care doc said, it doesn't seem like there's anything wrong, but let's just get a chest X-ray. And uh, from that chest X-ray, we found out she had a mass in her left lung, and after a biopsy, we confirmed that it was lung cancer. And uh, with a PET scan to find out that it spread, and with MRI to find out the spread to your MRI, we got our final diagnosis of stage four lung cancer with brain metastases and metastases around her body. A 37-year-old woman that's in amazing shape that has lung cancer. So we learned the most important fact about lung cancer that anyone can get it. Before we got married, Kisha came to me and she asked me, what if we ask people to donate to the foundation, to uh, the Chris Draft Family Foundation? And, and we use that money as seed money for our battle against cancer. At that moment, my wife changed from just being a survivor to a survivor advocate. My wife passed a month later, December 27th of 2011. And really, she is the inspiration for, for our whole movement. You guys have done a tremendous job of understanding that it does take a team. From the beginning, we've said it takes a team to tackle lung cancer. So it won't be one survivor, one caregiver, one organization or one cancer center, it is going to be a collection. And I think when you see the dream teams and, and really bringing people together and really just seeing the possibilities that are coming based on building off of the science that's in place. In our work, it's really trying to highlight that there are new things that are happening, that are tremendous things that are happening, and, and to believe in that. Allow it to be hopeful. Again, even if it doesn't happen for you, understand that's still hopeful. I get excited about the fact that if we save one person, that's a, that's a person that has a family, that has people in a community they care about. Everything comes back to our survivors. That's what it's all about. We get perspective from their journey and they're able to become stronger from it. And who really wins at the end is, is our ability to raise more money for research. All the people end up winning. Oh, um. That just that hits me. Um, Chris Draft joining us, my old friend. Uh, you know, I, I lost my mother to lung cancer, 
and uh, Chris, you know, you, what you went through with your wife and, and to create team draft. Uh, hey, man, thanks for being a part of this tonight. I know it's we're not all rah-rahs and happiness all the time, but we're going to talk about a lot of important things and, and what you do. I mean, it, your wife would be so happy with the legacy that you've left for her. Well, thank you for having me on. I mean, thank you for allowing me to, to share the work that we're doing. Uh, that really is just about building a team, building a team of, of people that are committed to saving lives uh, and changing lives. So I, I can't say that every life is just going to, because not everybody's going to get cured, but our ability to transform their life while they're living and making sure that they know that they matter, making sure that they have a team around them so they know that they're not alone and making sure that they know that there is hope. So they're fighting every day, knowing that we're right around a corner from something that's new that can be transformative. It's uh, it really has been a lot of great changes uh, you know, in the in the years since uh, we, we lost your beautiful wife. Um, but Chris, your job every day is to rehash. And, and you you know, we talked about this is it every day. Is it that pulling that bandaid when you see the videos of your wedding day and, you know, the few months that you had together, those precious months? I mean, how can you live that? knowing that, yes, you're doing good, but every day, man, those stitches come out, the Band-Aid's pulled, you've got to, you've got to see what hurts you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I appreciate it. You had asked me that question before, and uh, I don't know if anybody else has asked it. Uh, you know, it's real in, in, in that I, I can pull off those Band-Aids. I can pull off and really tell the story because I know it's not for me. Right. It's for the other people. So my story gives perspective so people can understand why I'm fighting. And so if I say that it's urgent, somebody might think that I'm a little bit crazy, maybe some angry black man. But if they know that my wife passed after one year and I know that things have changed and that there are people that can benefit from these things, then they should be able to feel me, not just my urgency as a as a football player. And I, you know, you know, I'm a little bit crazy because I'm a linebacker, but that urgency this says that people's lives, you know, that they're that they're they're in the balance, that there are people that are, you know, that this trauma of a diagnosis is hitting them right, you know, right in the chest. And my wife had this amazing group of family and friends that were around her. And again, what do I want? You know, what would she want for everyone is but to have that kind of team around them. Uh, that that strong family and friends, that strong medical team that's going to fight to make sure that whatever's out there, if it's there, that they'll get it, right? You know, it's not going to work for everybody. We know that. But there are folks that are living some amazing lives. We're right in the middle of a tr- huge transformation, a huge of progress that's happening. And so there are people that are living a lot longer and a lot better because of these new therapies. Uh, you also do a lot of stuff for the community. I mean, with your foundation, the White Ribbon Project. Uh, like you were at Dave's camp back at Super Bowl in Arizona, and uh, I had a privilege to be there. And my daughter actually had a privilege to be there, and she raved about your ability just to motivate people and young people, and just just how great the person you were. We met you at the Taste of NFL. Also, uh, that also gives a uh, you know helps with hunger. Um, so I just wanted you to kind of talk about you know just outreach to the community that you just, you know, what makes you want to do that? Well, I think I'm, uh, number one, I'm, I'm a, I'm a people person, right? So, 
meeting somebody where they are. So within lung cancer, it's the same thing. It's just a smaller kind of slice because we're meeting the survivor, but regardless of where it is, right? It's meeting them and allowing them to be great in whatever way that they can get it done, right? And so if it's out at Dave's camp and we've got some young people that maybe have some limitations, you know what? We're gonna meet them at their limitations and allow them to shine. Uh, if there's parents that have just worked so hard to be there with their young people, I want them to enjoy that time. I want them to see that, you know, I am working here with your young person, but, you know, I see you over there. I, I know that you've had to carry a lot of weight. And so I'm here hope giving you energy as I'm working with your young people. The same way, again, that we look at from the Taste in NFL, the Taste in NFL is this, you know, Oh, I see you got you got some clips from us moving around. My 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 young guy's in a wheelchair, and again, somebody else might look at that and they say, "Oh my goodness, do you think he can? Could he get through it?" And say, "Well, we just have to figure out the best way for him to get through it." But he's gonna get through it, and he's gonna tackle that bag. That's what's gonna happen. Just like Dave right there is tackling the bag, right? You know, in football, we're constantly recognizing what somebody's limitations potentially are, and then we're maximizing that, looking at strengths, looking at weaknesses, and then allowing them to go and play based on those, you know, those things. And so when we look at our young people there, we were out there to have a good time. We were out there to get better. We were out there to bond with each other and recognize that as a team that all these things are possible. If we're if we're focused together, you see that we're clapping together, we're we're moving together, we're showing energy together. If we can do that, the sky's the limit on what is possible. Amen. So, <laughs> y'all get me excited, man. Y'all, y'all get me excited. <laughs> You know, I'm was, over here. I'm sitting in the chair, and then you got me ready to jump up. My, I'm doing some two yeah. claps, and I, and I'm, I'm I'm back in football mode. And you know, I, you know, they don't get. I'm a linebacker, regardless of where I'm at. I am a linebacker. That is in, in my spirit. You know, if a, if there was an animal that there would be a spirit animal, is my linebacker spirit animal. <laughs> and you played, you know, for a lot of teams, and I know, uh, you know, you. You hung on for as long, I think, as you could. And then you just said, look, I, I'm going to be with her and we're going to spend some time together as a family. And and yet, you know, we still have you around. The league has you around. The players, you're, you are such an ambassador, not only to the league, but for cancer research. I mean, dude, why do you do it? You don't have to do it anymore. Well, I tell you, I, I love this game. I love this game in terms of the fact that we can, you know, the platform that we have to really lift up people. Uh, and so being able to weave that together with uh, just our communities, man, uh, to elevate somebody when they are struggling, when they're looking for the answer uh, and to help them find it or really empower them to be able to do it is, I mean, there's nothing much better than that. I, I mean, I, I love it. And that's why when somebody asked me, am I just lung cancer? No, I am. Again, I am people. I'm this. Uh, you know, when, when I came to this game, I love this game. I got a chance. I was blessed to play for 12 years. And, you know, I was done playing, you know, right before my wife gets diagnosed with cancer. So I have to say it was a blessing to play that long. And it was a blessing that I was at home when she was diagnosed. And so with that blessing of having this platform, I get a chance to go out and bless other people with the platform, but hopefully with my energy and 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 just my understanding of how this game is bigger than just what we do on the field. 
This game challenges us to find solutions, to not be comfortable where we are, that we don't just, we don't see problems. Yes, we see the, you know, kind of that they're, the problems are made up of this, 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 and this, but we're looking for the solution constantly because that's the way that we move forward. We do not accept just where we are. We're continuing to move and evolve. And of course, uh, you have evolved into quite a human being, and I'm so glad in our years of being friends from our Wounded Warrior football days and, and all those things. And, uh, you know, I, I just I thank you so much for for just who you are and what you do. And again, I, I'm a better person for knowing you, Troy. Like everybody who meets you, you give off this and suddenly they want to give and they want to be a part of things. And, you know, to, to see you at these games and, and it's like, you know, Chris Draft may not be the biggest star in the NFL, but when you're in those audiences around those people, you command them. And it's just beautiful to see how you get everybody up, the excitement that you do. And again, to fundraise, to just be around kids that are in a, in a hospital when you meet with children in the hospital and the things that you do. So, uh, we're going to continue this, uh, uh, I don't know what we call it, uh, uh, uplifting yet uh, insightful look at uh, the world of not just football, but again, the reality of what happens uh, to those of us that have suffered the losses of someone who died from cancer. And uh, so we'll be back. We too have to pay some bills, so don't go away. Gary Stein and Stevens will be a little more uplifting uh, coming up. Just a second. Hi, everybody. Dave Stevens for the Geary Stein and Stevens Show at the Miami Marlins Ballpark. And you know what? We get great stars, celebrities, and entertainers on our show, but there's all kinds of great programming and content on Your Home TV. Your Home TV is a free on-demand streaming service reaching global audiences. They feature family-friendly programs with a vast selection of topics and interests. Their platform ideally matches content producers, leading viewers, smart device precision, and immersive HD experiences, plus ease of transaction solutions for everyone. Plus, they've got great shows and content like A Moment of Zen, Financial Freedom, the Retirement Halftime Show, and Make It Happen. And they have all kinds of travel shows, food shows, great programming, and great content. So for more information, go to yourhometv.com, check out the Geary Stein and Steven Show, and all of the other great shows, yourhometv.com. Tell them Dave sent you. Hi, everybody. Dave Stevens here for the Geary Stein and Stevens Show from Tropicana Field, home of the Tampa Rays. And you know what? Not everybody can be a Major League Baseball player, but you can look like a million dollars. What's the best way to do that? Well, go to FreshCleanThreads.com. Don't believe me? That's right. You can look professional, feel good, and not spend a lot of money by wearing Fresh Clean Threads. They have amazing shirts. They've got Henleys and polos, long sleeves, and even bomber jackets. And if you like them, you can save some money by typing in the show code GSS Show from the Geary Stein and Steven Show to save 20% off. So if you can't be a major leaguer and you want to dress like one, well, go to FreshCleanThreads.com. That's FreshCleanThreads.com. Tell them Dave sent you. Use that code GSS Show. All right, welcome back, and uh, thank you guys for being a part of the Geary Stein and Stevens show and the support that you have for Fresh Clean Threads and everybody that's been watching us and listening to us and uh, being a big supporter. So, uh, Troy, what do you got for him? Let's talk a little football. Yeah, for those that don't know, you went to Stanford, and uh, you were recruited by Bill Walsh. Yes. Um, and uh, you also had Tyrone Willingham. 
Can you give us a story that you think about, fan, about each one of them? I mean, the late great Bill, Bill Walsh was not only a great football coach, but I'm sure he was a great mentor too. So uh, I'll, I'll have to, in in terms of Bill Walsh, definitely being able to be recruited by him was something absolutely special. I mean, one of the greatest coaches uh, in the NFL, and uh, you know, have short stints in college uh, at Stanford. Uh, but uh, I'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to, to give a give a, a a story about not say the greatness of, of Coach Walsh, but really the you know I guess would say the fire that is Coach Walsh that you wouldn't necessarily think in that way. And and uh, we played against Northwestern my my freshman year, the first game, and uh, we ended up tying them. I think it was forty one to forty one. It was terrible in terms that we gave up that many points. I had never given up that many points uh, ever. And our kicker missed a, uh, a chip shot. And he came in the locker room and he said, none of you guys, none of you guys have, you know, anything to apologize for. Everybody went out, they laid it all out there. You gave everything you have, except for you, Eric. You missed the field goal, you missed the kick. You let everybody down. And I remember thinking, what? Did he just signal out one person? And did we give up 41 points? Uh, so absolutely fiery. Uh, and you know, that's part of the things that you, you wouldn't see as much unless, you know, unless you were on the teams to get, that was, you know, the reason why he was so great, he's a competitor, right. And that, that was with him and didn't go away. I mean, that's, you know, to be who he was, to be the innovator of this West coast offense, uh, you have to be a guy that has fire to you. That's, that's a scrapper, uh, that, you know, can think outside the box and, and, you know, that's what he did and did an amazing job with it. And what about this baseball thing? I mean, people <laughs> don't realize that you were also there to play baseball. I mean, was it one of those things where Russell Wilson, this, that, or what, like, tell us what, what was the baseball part? <laughs> I, I'd say, I, I, <laughs> to say I was Russell, uh, no. So I played baseball a couple of years at Stanford. Uh, I went to the world series my freshman year. Uh, so I had a chance to go which was uh, amazing, but uh, it, it turned into an amazingly long year, um, you know, doing spring ball and baseball at the same time because I I didn't feel like that I could be, you know, kind of committed to my baseball team by leaving. And then I had to be at, at, at football. I'm on football scholarship. So I had to be at spring ball, but I also had to play baseball. Otherwise, I mean, what am I if I go leave for a month and then come back? So I uh, definitely difficult <laughs> to be able to do it, uh, but I love playing both. You know, I grew up playing both. Um, you know, it was actually very difficult to not go to uh, UCLA uh, because a guy named Jackie Robinson went to UCLA. And that's one of the guys I really uh, looked up to in the way that he was this amazing player, uh, but more than anything was able to take that platform that he had. And they knew it, that he would, he, he, he was going to say something, that he wouldn't just be a ball player, that he was always going to say something and do something with it. And just to talk about a, a legend, we had Hugh Jackson on last week who uh, talked about the passing of Jim Brown. What did Jim Brown mean to you as, as a young black youth growing up? <laughs> I mean, when I think of Jim Brown, man, he invited the Bloods and Crips to his house, man. I, I brokered a... <laughs> This is Jim Brown, man. This is Jim. Uh, you know, I grew up in Southern California, and uh, again, when you think of guys that have transcended the game, uh, I mean, Jim was was you know kind of critical in bringing the group of guys together. 
that sat down with Muhammad Ali and, and, and really said, champ, tell us why, you know, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? So that we can make sure that we don't misrepresent you. You know, we want to know who you are and uh, again, why, why you're doing it. And I, I just, I mean, that's who Jim is. That's who Jim Brown is. He's the baddest football player ever, but then transcended right into movies, transcended into using his platform. I mean, had so much juice that he just tells the Bloods and Crips, hey, man, come on over here to my place. Let's let's, let's talk this thing out. I think that's Jim, right? Um, so I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm excited. I, I can't, I don't think I'm doing it justice in terms of, again, this is a guy that transcended the game that made it clear that, Hey, you can be more than a football player that absolutely made it clear that at the point where he could have played more, he's like, you know what? I'm I'm done. I'm I'm gonna go and I'm gonna do movies, I'm gonna do other things because I am more than a football player. So uh yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh you were part of the great ninety-eight draft class with Peyton Manning, uh Randy Moss, Pat Tillman, to name a few. Uh, did you expect to go uh, – what route did you expect to go in? Did you think Chicago was going to pick you, or was that kind of a surprise to you? So Chicago and Kansas City actually brought me in on those uh, before the draft visits that they do. And, uh, you know, so definitely they were in the lead as it relates to uh, being able to get me. Uh, did I know I was going to be a six-round pick? Uh, you know, uh, no, <laughs> uh, but it's where they picked me. I mean, that's what, you know, you know, you, you hope it's earlier. You want it to be earlier because it means more money. And, and also when you're going into a team that it changes your, your status, but, uh, I can't change it. I mean, it's, it's what it is. So I was blessed to be picked by the bears in the sixth round and, uh, and have a chance to play with, with one of the, uh, most storied franchises in the NFL, one of the founding members of the NFL. And so, uh, yeah, uh, I guess that's all, you know, that's what I can say. What, you know, what, a, what an opportunity to start my career there. Definitely didn't stay there long, uh, but it was a, uh, it was the beginning of it that, you know, lasted for a long time. Chris, if we said, okay, we need you to suit up and head to training camp with the Falcons. Uh, there's a lot of rule changes. There's a lot of things that are not like it was when you were playing where you can't, you can barely, you know, grab the quarterback's flags anymore. Um, but they're also making changes on the kickoffs now because they've realized that, you know, biggest part is those collisions and the concussion. So while the purists are going to hate these changes, you played this game. So do you like the changes? Do you like the safety that they're trying to do? Or do you just think, man, we're just, we're not in a good place here. Yeah. I I always go back to the fact that, uh, the NCAA was basically created by Teddy Roosevelt, uh, bringing uh, head coaches and um, college presidents together at the turn of the century and saying this game is dangerous and uh, from a college perspective. And so the game has been evolving ever since. So, uh, you know, I think at times it's unfortunate with certain rules uh, that can it seem very difficult, but um, the game has constantly been changing. Right. It, it's always about making it safer. There's always some type of new rules. Uh, I, I think it's 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 easier to see it now, but the game is constantly evolved. Um, so I guess what I would say is that if I grew up in this time, I would just have to play it based on the rules. I mean. Yeah. Amen to that. Except mm-hmm. I think the quarterbacks, they're really 
They're kind of babying them a little, don't you think? I mean, they, they, are, uh, they, they are doing that. But, again, we, we know what the numbers are. If a quarterback gets hurt, the, the, the production offensively goes completely down. Uh, the other side is, uh, you know, what, what are we really managing against? The fact is that this game, the guys are getting bigger, faster, and stronger. I mean, you saw that. I mean, watching the combine, you know, you see some of these guys run that are offensive linemen, that are defensive linemen, and somebody said, hold up. <laughs> you know, if you're not watching, you might thought that was a DB that just ran or was a linebacker. And it was like, no, oh, that was an offensive lineman. That was a defensive lineman. So uh, so if you if you don't recognize that part with the rule changes that our guys are continuing to get bigger, stronger, faster, explosive, that uh, that part is changing the game at the same time. So it's not just that you're protecting the quarterback, but you're protecting everyone, you know, as much as possible. Uh, and the fact that this game is violent. So all we can do is make it a little bit less violent. But the reality is a bunch of grown men getting after it. <laughs> Yeah, and when we're out there, we still get after it a little bit. I love playing. Oh, yeah. You are so competitive. The interceptions I've seen you make, the plays where these flashes that you have when you're trying to intercept, you know, Jeff Garcia's pass or, you know, all these guys that we've played with, uh, it's been really fun. Uh, and, and what a great night. Again, a celebration of, of your wife's life, uh, you know, what we've talked about. And, again, uh, let's tell people where they can donate. They can go to ChrisDraftFamilyFoundation.org and tell us, you know, a little bit about what this foundation does. It's it, it's so much more. So I'll tell you this. You know, a lot of the work that we've done uh, as it relates to lung cancer was under you know, Chris Draft Family Foundation and Team Draft initially. Uh, but all of that was really about working towards building the community together where the real leaders would be, our survivors really would be the advocates. And so that's transitioned really to the White Ribbon Project. And so we were really a setup organization to be able to find and identify the leaders. But now the White Ribbon Project are those leaders leading, right? Because that's what it takes, you know, just like a, a ball team is that you have your coaches that are they're, they're, they're coaching and they're building. But when it gets to game day, it has to be about those players on the field getting it done. And so that's the position I've played. And that's really what our foundation has done is really cultivated this this team of people finding leaders, identifying leaders. So now as this white ribbon project that was started by Heidi and Pierre Onda, Heidi is a lung cancer survivor in, in Greenwood Village and her husband, a primary care doc slash caregiver that really sent the message that the only way that we can get this done as having our survivors connected to our medical community, that we all have to be in this together as advocates. That's what we preached from the beginning, from the Chris Draft Family Foundation, from Team Draft. But again, it had to be validated with the people owning it. And again, would have been great for it to be underneath Team Draft. But at the end of the day, what matters is more that the organization now exists that recognizes that we need everyone right? That we need to be able to go and connect with people who have lost people, make sure they know that they matter, make sure that they, you know, that they, they know that they're not alone, make sure that they know there's hope that we are intentionally going to our survivors right at the diagnosis. And again, it's not me or our organization, but it's all of us as a community, as a big group of committed people to the same goal that says we are not going to allow somebody to feel like that they don't matter. We're not going to allow them to feel like that they're alone. We're not going to let them, you know, like not understand that there is hope. Right. And again, that that's the collective. It's necessary. 
And, you know, we, we talked earlier about it and, and your, your wife, Keisha, would be so proud of you. I mean, to, to just see how happy you guys were together. Her, she was effervescent. She was a dancer, you know, was in the NBA and, and to see that, that short time that, that you guys had together. I mean, and the wedding was so beautiful. Everything. I mean, people can have 30, 40 years together, but you guys, you packed that into so much. And now she's got this legacy that, that lives on thanks to you. I mean, it, it's got to be very prideful inside that she does live on through you. Well, I would say that it, it, she doesn't live on as much just through me. It's it's in the other people when they take a stand. So if I'm not empowering them to take a stand, that they don't see her, Right. You know, the, if you want to see my wife, then it's to see a survivor that is surrounded by people that, that care about them, that love them. To see my wife is to see a medical community that is all in, that is supportive, that makes sure that they know we got you. Uh, to see my wife is to see, you know, that this that we are not ashamed to talk about the hope. And and to see my wife is that before our wedding day that she said, you know, you know what if we don't get presents? It was about other people. So my, so my wife is in everyone else. When you see that person standing up and smiling like she did, when you see a person staying faithful and, and being thankful for their life, even though craziness is happening, that is my wife, right? So like I said, these white ribbon, when you see a person coming together and accepting this ribbon and knowing that the people are fighting for them, when when you see them standing together and making them and making it clear that the other people, that they matter, that they're not alone and that there's hope, that's her, right? So I would say that it's hard to say what she, you know, again, I cannot fulfill that really because the key is, is sharing her with the rest of the people. And that is, she made the difficult decision to continue to fight with a stage four diagnosis. Right. But it wasn't just by herself. It was because of this amazing team by her and her individual strength. She made the choice to stand up for other people, not by herself, but because of an amazing team. And so when you see people together, when you see all these folks like you guys being excited about the work that is happening, Keisha was you know, Roger Goodell loved Keisha from the media people that loved her. And, and when you see when you see all these people working together, that's her, not me. When you see all the team and people and the smiles and the love and the energy and the commitment, that's her. Oh, I'm hugging you right now, brother. I'm just right there, you know. Oh, mm. Okay. Tell us again one more time where they can donate and how they can help you. So I, I want them to go to the White Ribbon Project, whiteribbonproject.org. Again, we, we've done a work in terms of getting to this, this point, but now, now we've got this bigger organization that represents the community. It is all of the folks. So you can go to the White Ribbon Project, you can donate, but more importantly, I would say you can put some money on it. But if you have a connection with lung cancer, we want you to know we have a White Ribbon for you, all right? We want to make sure before we get anything from you, we want you to know, hey, we see you. You matter. Again, you're not alone and that there's hope. So as we go into June, I mean, I love the fact that we're on this call right now. June is Cancer Survivors Month. 
June 4th is Cancer Survivors Day. And I'm challenging people, say, challenging our academic centers to say that we want to get 10 ribbons for 10 survivors during this month. And again, mimicking the idea that we cannot wait. We're not waiting for an awareness month. What we're doing is not awareness. It is about people's lives. When they come in on this horrible day, when they find out they have cancer, they need to be met with people, met with love of folks that are going to fight for them, that they can look them in the eyes and say, we got you. Before we let you go, we're seeing some amazing things with AI, artificial intelligence, being able to take chromosomes and move molecules and stuff like that. Like, are we getting closer to that for cancer research? So there's some great work with AI actually within some of the lung cancer screening uh, um, in that lung cancer screening world. So for early detection, uh, but and other stuff too. I mean, we're 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 you know, big data has been one of the key things that uh, in medicine being able to weave through all the information to find the, the information that actually matters. So AI has been critical in getting those things done. So uh, there's a lot of applications. I mean. Whatever it is, the more information that we get, which right now we are getting more and more information, then it's critical to be able to weave through that information again and find those points that really help us move forward. Uh, Chris, I think, you know, the universe brings people together and a lot of people don't know, but I lost my father to lung cancer and he didn't smoke. So with Dave's mom and then, you know, your wife. So I I just really want to personally thank you for everything you're doing. Uh, you've really touched my family. You know, my daughter just had a great time with you and you have a great, uh, ability to motivate people. And, uh, I just appreciate all the work you're doing. Awesome, man. Well, I'm going to be up there in Minnesota one of these days and I have a ribbon for you. It might be the one that I just put up, uh, or we might make some together. Um, I know Ryan Connolly who's with the Vikings lost his mother to lung cancer and, uh, uh, you know, we still need to get him a ribbon. I know there's, we have some a guy, Tyler Algieri, who actually stood up and really made lung cancer his cause down here with the Falcons. He had lost his grandfather. Uh, but a lot of connections, a lot of connections. But again, as the White Ribbon Project, what's important is making sure it might be a lot of connections, but they are individual connections. And so thank you for sharing that. And uh, like I said, when I'm up there, I have to slide my way up to Duluth and see what's up. And then drive up to Connecticut up here, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Kind of do that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Chris Draft, always a pleasure to talk to you. Until we meet again, my friend, thank you so much and continue that fight uh, for what you, you're you making a huge impact. And so is your wife. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, guys. All right. Chris Draft joining us. And uh, Troy, what an impactful show, man. I uh, almost hate to, hate to end it, but, but goodbye, right? Yeah, it was a great show. Chris is yeah. Fantastic. All right. Keep following us on all social media platforms, your home TV, Spotify, Apple, wherever you can find us. For Troy, myself, I'm Dave Stevens. Have a great night or day.